Hello, this is Ayan from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 1st of April. Now, in case you find the audio quality a little compromised, let me tell you that we at News Laundry are recording our podcasts from home because of the ongoing coronavirus lockdown. Despite the limitations, we are constantly trying to bring you the best we can. As we enter the 8th day of the 21-day lockdown, 386 new cases of novel coronavirus were reported in India in the last 24 hours. At noon today, the figure of confirmed cases stood at 1637, which included 38 deaths. A total of 47951 tests have been conducted in the country so far, according to Dr. Ganga Khedkar of the Indian Council for Medical Research. Maharashtra continued to top in the country with more than 300 cases. The western state was followed by Kerala with nearly 250 patients infected with COVID-19. Fresh cases were reported from a number of states like Delhi, Andhra Pradesh, Maharashtra, Rajasthan, Punjab and Gujarat among others. Today deaths were reported in Madhya Pradesh, Mumbai and Bengal. Assam reported its first case last evening. Uttar Pradesh on the other hand reported its first coronavirus death. The victim was a 25-year-old youth from Basti who died on Monday. His sample tested positive for the virus later. The health ministry today informed that over 130 new cases of COVID-19 in Delhi as well as in many other states have been traced to a tablighi jamaat congregation held at the Nizamuddin Markaz in Delhi in the middle of last month. To give an example, the number of cases in Andhra Pradesh doubled overnight from 44 to 87. after 43 markas attendees tested positive this afternoon four markas attendees tested positive also in assam taking the toll to five in the state the religious congregation was attended by nearly 4000 people from all over the country as well as from abroad the union home ministry has asked state governments to identify and quarantine all tablighi jamaat foreigners and deport them after medical clearance As many as 20 states and union territories have now launched a manhunt to trace the people who returned after attending the event. The Indian Railways has also been asked to assist in this exercise. At least 7 people, one from Kashmir and six from Telangana have died of COVID-19 after participating in the congregation. The contributions to the PM Cares Fund to fight the COVID-19 crisis in the country continued to increase. Today, three arms of the Wipro group namely Wipro Limited, Wipro Enterprises Limited and Azim Premji Foundation together committed rupees 1125 crore to tackle the pandemic. Out of these, the giant share was pledged by the Azim Premji Foundation with rupees 1000 crore. Earlier, several other big corporate houses made donations in varying amounts to support the fight against the virus. Tata Trust and Tata Sons together pledged rupees 1500 crore. Reliance Industries chief Mukesh Ambani donated rupees 500 crore and rupees 100 crore was committed by the Infosys Foundation. Karnataka police today warned that all two-wheelers and four-wheelers plying on the road during the 21-day lockdown would be seized. Maharashtra Chief Minister Uddhav Thackeray on Tuesday said that healthcare professionals, sanitation workers and the police who are at the forefront of the fight against the deadly coronavirus will be prioritized during disbursal of salaries. The chief minister also clarified that his administration will not cut salaries of government employees but it will be paid in installments to keep the state's financial situation in control. Elected representatives such as the chief minister, cabinet ministers and MLAs will be paid only 40% of their salaries in March 
and the rest at a later date when the situation improves. Dear listeners, the ongoing situation is indeed worrying for all of us. While most of you are staying indoors for safety as per government advisory, several professionals are trying to fight the crisis from the front lines. This includes journalists, as they have an important role to play in times like these. Apart from keeping you updated with the latest developments, journalists also fight fake news and misinformation, because both are dangerous for their ability to create a panic in an already tense situation. For example, recently a Ludhiana-based newspaper named Dainik Savera falsely identified two people as COVID-19 suspects and sparked fears among the residents in the area. But Fulfilling our responsibility, we at News Laundry reported on this and brought out the truth. You can read the report on our website. But, as you know, to bring you such stories, we need resources. And for that, we depend solely on you, the listener, reader and viewer. We are a 100% ad-free platform because we believe when the advertisers pay, the advertisers are served. And when the public pays, the public is served. There are different subscription packages available on our website. The minimum one starts at rupees 300 per month, so pay to keep news free. Now, coming back to news, let's move on to some international updates on the coronavirus. Today, the total number of confirmed cases around the world reached more than 8,73,000, with the death toll crossing 43,000 people. According to data put out by the Johns Hopkins University, the United States reported the highest number of patients at more than 1,89,000. The death toll in the country has continued to increase at a rapid pace. Early Wednesday, the count exceeded 4,000, indicating a jump of more than double in a quick span of three days. The New York state alone accounted for nearly 1,800 deaths. Given the developments, President Donald Trump warned his countrymen to brace for very, very bad two weeks ahead. The death toll in Italy remained the highest in the world. The figure has crossed 12,500 with more than 1,5,000 cases reported in the country so far. Spain saw a spike in its death toll with 864 people dying in the last 24 hours. The total count now has crossed 9,000 out of more than 1,2,000 confirmed cases in the country. In the United Kingdom, the situation is equally grim. The country reported its youngest COVID-19 victim with the death of a 13-year-old boy in London. There are more than 25,000 cases of coronavirus and at least 1,800 people have died in the country so far. Amid the developments, Scottish Culture Secretary Fiona Hysop announced that Edinburgh's five cultural festivals would not take place in August this year due to concerns over the pandemic. The festivals are very popular and attract audiences of about 4.4 million people. Iran, another severely affected country, recorded 138 deaths in the last 24 hours, pushing the death toll beyond 3,000 in the country. Mainland China, where the global pandemic first began in December, reported a declining rate of new infection cases today. For the first time, the country also began publishing the daily change in asymptomatic cases. Accordingly, there were 36 new cases on Tuesday, down from 48 a day earlier. The total number of confirmed COVID-19 patients stood at 81,554. But the tally excluded 130 new cases involving people who did not show any symptoms of the disease. In contrast, several other countries include the asymptomatic cases that test positive in their overall tally as per World Health Organization guidelines. Central Asian nation Turkmenistan, which has reported zero cases of COVID-19 so far, has banned the media from using the word coronavirus. 
According to reports, the word has also been removed from health information brochures distributed in schools, hospitals and workplaces. Paris-based Reporters Without Borders said that people wearing face masks or talking about the coronavirus are now liable to be arrested by Plains Clothes Police in Turkmenistan. In Africa too, the virus has spread to newer regions. Pep Dioff, the former president of the French football club Marseille, has died after contracting coronavirus. He was in his home country, Senegal, and happens to be the first recorded coronavirus-related death in the country. Burundi and Sierra Leone, which were among a handful of African countries yet to confirm cases, have recorded their first positive test results. Several members of Uganda's famous Watoto Children's Choir have tested positive for coronavirus after returning from a trip to the United Kingdom. Given the gloomy situation all around, United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has warned that the current coronavirus outbreak is the biggest challenge for the world since World War II. The United Nations estimated that up to 25 million jobs could be lost around the world as the result of the outbreak. It also projected an up to 40% downward pressure on global foreign direct investment flows. Mr. Guterres also urged the industrialized nations to help those less developed in order to avoid facing the nightmare of the disease spreading like wildfire. Moving on to some other developments, yesterday a special court in Mumbai rejected the temporary bail plea of activists Varavara Rao and Shoma Sen who have been accused in the Elgar Parishad case. Rao and Sen sought to be released from jail in view of the coronavirus pandemic. The activists in their bail plea said that they were suffering from multiple ailments and therefore they were vulnerable to coronavirus considering their age and medical history. Rao, who is 80 years old, is currently lodged at Taloja Jail in Navi Mumbai and 61-year-old Sen is lodged at the Baikula prison in Mumbai. The activists' bail plea came against the backdrop of a Supreme Court directive last month. The Apex Court asked all states and union territories to set up high-level committees to consider releasing prisoners or under trials on parole or interim bail if they were accused of offences entailing up to seven years in prison. However, the National Investigation Agency objected to the plea saying that various bail applications filed by the accused have been rejected in the past and there was no change in circumstances now. NIA also referred to the minutes of the meeting held by the High Part Committee of the state government to identify prisoners who can be released temporarily to initiate decongestion of prisons in the backdrop of the coronavirus outbreak. Examining the arguments, the special court concluded that the grounds raised by the accused cannot be considered when they are charged under provisions of the Unlawful Activities Prevention Act and the National Investigation Agency Act. The Centre on Tuesday introduced a new definition of domicile for Jammu and Kashmir. Accordingly, a person residing there for at least 15 years will now be eligible to be a permanent resident of the newly formed Union Territory. The new rule also grants domicile to those who have studied in Jammu and Kashmir for a period of seven years and have appeared for their class 10 or 12 examinations from a school there. The new rule was issued in the latest Gazette notification, Section 3A of the Jammu and Kashmir Reorganization Adaptation of State Laws Order 2020 under the Jammu and Kashmir Civil Services Decentralization and Recruitment Act. Before August 5 last year, when the government abrogated the region's special status under Article 370 of the Constitution and made it a union territory, the Jammu and Kashmir Assembly was constitutionally empowered to define a resident of the erstwhile state. Only these defined residents were eligible to apply for jobs or own immovable property. 
The new definition has now been expanded to include the children of a range of central government officials who have served in Jammu and Kashmir for a total period of 10 years or children of parents who fulfill any of the conditions in the sections. Under the provisions of the new act, the Tehsildar is now the competent authority for issuing the domicile certificate instead of a deputy commissioner or any officer specially notified by the state government by way of a gazette notification. Studying data over a 20-year period, researchers in Spain found that nightingales had evolved smaller wingspans. The scientists say this is linked to a changing climate in the region which has seen the early onset of spring and increased drought. According to them, this could affect the bird's ability to migrate in winter. The nightingale is famed for its ability to sing. It has a very rich repertoire as it can produce over 1000 different sounds. The bird is mainly seen and heard in southern England, but it is common in many parts of Europe and Asia as well. The nightingale spends the winter in sub-Saharan Africa by clocking up huge distances during migration. Their wing size is critical to this endeavour. But now, researchers say that climate change may impede their ability to migrate. The scientists in Spain studied 20 years of data on wing shape in two populations of the birds. They found that the average wing length of the nightingales relative to their body size has decreased. They believe this is related to changes in temperatures seen in the Mediterranean region. The researchers say that the birds are continuing with the same migration patterns and destinations and therefore their survival is likely to be reduced. While the scientists say this maladaptation is evident in the birds they have studied in Spain, but it may also be impacting other members of the species in different regions. According to Dr. Javier Perez Tris, one of the scientists of the study, it is because if the climate is changing in a similar way and the pressures are similar, then one can expect similar responses everywhere. Now, it's time for some homegrown stuff from newslaundry.com. Listeners, remember Highway on My Plate, one of India's most loved travel shows which used to air on NDTV? Guess what? Now that all of you are in a lockdown situation, we have a little treat for you. News Laundry is trying to bring back the magic of Highway on My Plate in the form of a podcast. Rocky and Mayur, the famed hosts, will sit down with Abhinandan, who was the director back then, and the three of them will talk about their beautiful experiences while traveling throughout India. The first episode came out yesterday and as the lockdown continues, we'll keep bringing you new episodes. So go check it out. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.